Originals. Hello, I'm Joey Barton and welcome to the bonus edition of the Edge podcast, exclusive to you Deezer subscribers. In this week's episode, I spoke to the consultant, the writer, the journalist, spin doctor, former spin doctor, probably many other things has been labelled at him as well, Alistair Campbell. We didn't have time to fit everything into the main show, so here's a little extra something for you from our conversation. You're engaged in a political fight right now, very anti-Brexit. You know, I voted to remain and, and kind of agree with you. How is it possible that we're about to do this? If we do do it, do you think we will do it? I mean, there's not much time to stop it now because I think what's happening, I still think that, it sh- I definitely think it should be stopped and I think it can be. But I think we are slightly running out of time and the change has got to come in Parliament and the change in Parliament has got to be led by the public. And I think a lot of the public are just thinking, oh, God's sake, let's just stop going on about it, get on with it. And I can't stop going on about it because I honestly do feel this is like the biggest catastrophe and it's self-made. And it's fascinating to me how the, the Brexiteers now, they don't even say, you never hear any of them saying anymore, this is going to be good for Britain. They just say, we've got to make it happen because the people voted for it. How do we stop it? Is there a second referendum? Is it? Well, I think we should stop talking about a second referendum because if you say second referendum, you're basically saying you lot got the first one wrong, which means you don't like the result. I think what we should be saying is let's see and let's make a proper analysis of the cost and the chaos that this is producing and let's understand that democracy is a process, it's not a moment in time. And so June 23rd, 2016, we voted to come out. We didn't, any of us, including Theresa May, including Boris Johnson, none of us really knew what was going to follow. We're now beginning to see what follows. And I think we should at least allow the public at some point to express a view, whether it's through an election, whether it's through a referendum, however, on whether the deal that this government is getting is actually the right deal for the future. And I'm 100% convinced it's not. Deep down, I think they're 100% convinced it's not, but they think they've got to do it. I think what gets the people is the amount of conflicting messages certainly in around the first referendum there was the fear monger and the conflicting messages it didn't really seem that anybody put a convincing argument over i, I mean but that's the point i made earlier about cameron you can't turn around four decades of euro skepticism mm. in the tory party in a few weeks in a campaign and he couldn't do it and added to which i think he was very very you know i think cameron's strength a lot of politicians their strength becomes their weakness his strength was in his amazing self-confidence that came from his kind of background and his upbringing but his weakness was that became arrogance so if you were advising him if you were advising him how, how would Back you then, advise them I'd, I'd advise him and this is <laughs> i tried to do this at the time don't have it don't have it because the other thing about a referendum it's never about the question yeah. i think we're leaving the european union not Yes, Europe's a part of it, and there are certain things people don't like about Europe, the things I don't like about Europe. We're actually leaving the European Union, in my view, as a consequence of the global financial crisis and the fact that people feel those who caused it got away with it and they, the people, paid a price. And it's not about Europe. So it's a protest. It was a, and listen, I met people who said, yeah, it, I'm th- voting leave because I hate Cameron. Yeah, and I'm and saying, I, hold on a minute, Cameron will be gone, don't worry about that. But that. I think what frustrated people is it was almost like if you voted for Brexit, you were kind of like UKIP or yeah, right-wing. Mm. Um, well, there's lots of Labour people voted Brexit. 
But it was almost that stigma was attached to them because it was like, I, I mean, look, I, I don't, I always think you're better as a human being. You're better as a collective more often than being on your own, certainly in the current climate of, you know, we had a great spot in, in terms of the UK. We were seen by China and the US as one of the leaders in Europe, give us a lot of influence. And then all of a sudden, we're just going to throw that away overnight. I I'll just tell you something really it. interesting. I watched the, I speak German and I watched the Merkel debate that she did with Schultz in the German election campaign. Really serious debate, really heavyweight. Brexit did not even come up. This idea that they're all sitting there convulsed because we're leaving the European Union or that they need us more than we need them, it's a nonsense. We are isolating ourselves, we're marginalising ourselves, and at a time when you've got Trump in America, Putin in Russia, the Chinese on the march, legitimately, you know, North trying Korea. to become... And you've got all this stuff going on in the world, and we are deliberately marginalise ourselves. It's crazy. And, you know, and this idea that every time I bump into a, a kind of Tory ministry who's on the Brexit side and they'll say, you know, you, why can't you put your energy into trying to make this a better deal or make this better or whatever? I said, because there's no such thing as a good deal on this. Mm. We are doing the wrong thing. And I think if you've got a voice, you've got to say that. Fair enough. Have the Labour Party got the right strategy on Brexit? If no. not, what should the Labour Party be doing on a Brexit issue? Well... I mean, look, here we are. We're back from a summer of absolute chaos with these negotiations. Jeremy Corbyn, he's had two Prime Minister's questions. I told you about Corbyn, didn't I? I did, did say to you, you about did. Corbyn. You did? What did you tell me? I, he'd be very influential. I thought he'd make traction. I just felt... Yeah? And, and I remember you saying, no, no, no. I, I don't think anybody... I don't think even deep down I didn't expect him to do as well. I don't think he well. did. Well, yeah. I don't think but anybody... Listen, here's did. the thing. Well, this party didn't. This, this story to keep plugging my book, but it's in my head. But this plug vol- away, mate. Plug this away. This volume of is out this week, right? It starts on the day after the 2005 election, right, when Tony got a majority of 66, okay? Now, what would Theresa May or Jeremy Corbyn have given for a majority of 66? Within two days, the newspapers were running headlines that said, Blair must go, say Labour MPs. So Jeremy Corbyn did well set against the expectations of what people thought he was going to do. He didn't win. Hmm. And I'll tell you... Th- but neither we, did Theresa we, May. No, she lost, but she's still the Prime Minister. And the thing is, that, that's we've got iffy. to stop... I know it's iffy. I know it's iffy, With but she's the there. She's got power. Okay. What we've got to stop doing is behaving within the Labour Party, because this is going on at the moment, like we won. He's still... You talk about the strategy for Brexit. Yeah, he didn't win. He just didn't do as bad as what everyone thought. Right, and he, listen, I'm not taking this away from him. He campaigned better than I thought he would. He, he got more young people fired up to get involved. But I tell you, those young people who came out to campaign for him and to vote for him, fair play, he motivated them. But is he really now acting on Brexit as they would like him to be? Because my big thing about Brexit... I've got three kids all in their 20s. I don't believe any country ever has built success by governing against the interests of young people. And that is what we're doing. This thing about freedom of movement, right? We're obsessed about putting up the borders to stop people coming in. We're also, in doing this, putting up the borders to stop our kids going out to build their future wherever they want to. I agree with you. You're talking to me. I I, I I want to remain. I agree with you. I I can sense your frustration. 
I was at Glastonbury this year when um, Corbin, <laughs> I wish, um, my books haven't been as successful as yours. I've only got one out. <laughs> it's a bestseller, though. Did well. Sports Did autobiography. Well. Yeah, yeah, so done all right, mate. Um, I've got a long way to go to uh, to catch you up, mate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was at Glastonbury and seen Corbin speak. Yeah. You know, I wasn't politically active at, you know, I don't think I am now, but mm. I can remember the Blair. And we've had Cameron and they haven't had the same feel. And then this Corbin character appears and he kind of galvanises mm. the young and the disenfranchised you know all the people yeah. who feel marginalised a little bit yeah. and it was I, I didn't ever think I'd see a, a politician take the stage yeah. you know since Blair I could understand Tony Blair because of the way he captured the imagination but I see Corbyn what I found was and I, I've been vocal I, I kind of like what Corbyn stands yeah. for I don't know whether he's a viable leader of the country but I kind of think he's genuine to himself what I found quite strange was you know, this old Jeremy yeah, Corbyn. Yeah. The people who was kept singing that were, like, really annoying me. Because I'm like, I don't think... I think they just felt part of a movement. Yeah. I don't think they know what they were moving for. They were like... Yeah. They felt like sheeps walking and going, meh. That, that's yeah. what it felt to me. Yeah. So I'm always mindful of of that phenomenon that happens in the country. It, no, listen. He definitely tapped into something. No doubt about that. But I would be 100% amazed if Theresa May is still there for the next election. Added to which, Nick Clegg says something very, I thought, very insightful about the Labour campaign. He said, during that campaign, Jeremy Corbyn, he endured a lot of abuse, but very little scrutiny. And the policy agenda... Yeah, so the attack and, him personally, not his policies. Yeah, and he was actually, and he responded to that very well. He just kind of sailed through it. He didn't slag people off. I think and that people worked liked for that. him it in did. the end, yeah. It did. But you've got, I keep, and, and people think I'm being anti-Corbyn in saying this, I keep reminding the Labour Party against the worst Tory campaign there has ever been, we didn't win. And okay, they stopped her getting a majority, but she's still Prime Minister. They're going to maybe get through Brexit. They're going to get rid of her. I don't know who it will be, but they. I, I, all I'm saying is they will not fight as bad a campaign as they fought the last time. Yeah, I, I think they were guilty of the they fact that you didn't want to debate just and turn just turn up. I know, and win. arrogance. So, but yeah, and it cost them, cost yeah. them dearly. So, yeah. can Corbyn win the next general election? He can do. He's the look. He's very, very. He's the one thing that's happened in the last election is he's much stronger in the Labour Party now than he was. But he'll only win that election, in my view. If he, statement of the obvious, he broadens out to bring in more people and not just the ones who've never voted before. You've also got to bring in people who actually did vote Lib Dem, did vote Tory, did vote SNP. You've got to broaden it right out. And I think there's a danger that we, you know, you, you talk about him being, for example, you know, honest and, and, and so forth. You see, leadership to me is about taking on the biggest issues that face the country at any one time. Well, Brexit is the biggest issue facing this country right now. Yeah. He says nothing about it. Hmm. It's like it's just, let it happen. Well, I don't want him to let it happen. I want the Labour Party actually to run this government ragged over it. And we're not doing that. Thanks again to Alistair Campbell for joining me on The Edge. Make sure you subscribe to be the first to hear the next episode, which is out next week, where I'll be talking to rugby union legend, the player and the coach, Sir Clive Woodward. Catch you next time. Deezer. Deezer. Originals.